The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may be triggering and don't necessarily reflect the views of myself or Blue Matter Project. Please note that I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor, and all opinions of our guests are for informational purposes and should not be considered medical advice. For any questions about your own health, please consult a medical professional. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Matters Podcast. I'm Elaine Clark. You know, I'm always out to find interesting and inspiring people, people who have made interesting and powerful decisions that we can all learn from. My guest today is a colleague and a friend of mine, uh, somebody that I bumped into several years ago, and we connected instantly about entrepreneurship and health and wellness. And I wanted to bring him on the show today to talk to us all about work-life harmony. Julian Ho is a fitness entrepreneur specializing in mindset coaching, holistic health, and business development. His expertise bridges fitness health solutions to work-life strategy and culture. He's the co-founder and director of Bayvita, a modern wellness consultancy with team members spanning globally in Hong Kong, Toronto, and San Francisco. And he's also the founder of 2.0 Toronto, a nonprofit organization specializing in holistic fitness events for industry leaders. Today, Julian is recognized as an accomplished fitness entrepreneur, and I am so excited for you to hear this conversation today. So please welcome Julian on the show. Julian Ho, I am so glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing. Super pumped. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I'm so glad we were finally able to make this happen. Um, you have, you know, you've been going through a lot of transition, I want to say, in recent months. So right off the bat, let's just talk a little bit about that. Talk to us about what's going on in your current world. Well, I'm exploring a world and a lifestyle of seasonality. Hmm. <laughs> I've been I've been living, creating, lifing is what I call it, lifing in Toronto for the majority of my life, and traveling two, three weeks per year at a time, and just got to a point where. I needed a full stop to refresh and reinvent my lifestyle. Not that it was wrong or anything was negative or, or needed um, of change, but I just felt an opportunity arised. And so I decided to take a sabbatical, sabbatical year, uh, a half year actually, and head to Costa Rica. I've been told and nudged by many friends who have been quite illuminated and opened up, cracked open by Costa Rica. And the science had just shown me the way to a new life or, or at least an opportunity in Costa Rica out of my regular rotation of life in Toronto. Yeah. And so, of course, the biggest thing that switched things up was the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest shift, um, the pivot that forced everyone to change the way that they thought about life. And that's where I'm at right now. It's been two years. Uh, last year was the first time I came to Costa Rica. I spent uh, seven months traveling 
around Costa Rica and Mexico and Guatemala. And then this time around this year, I decided to come back. So I am here. It's been, you know, since December 30th that I've arrived back. And it's a whole different mindset now since the first time. Yeah. The, the first time I came with the intention of exploring, almost vacationing and getting away, kind of an eat, pray, love approach. And I did do a lot of that. Cool. And then this time around, I, I, found, I found my person and she and I are living life right now and exploring what relationship partnered life is. So my intention this time around is, is a lot of learning. Yeah. Learning through relationships, learning through travel, of course, the changing of environment, and new life skills and development beyond my world of fitness. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so great. I feel like we we're almost in in reverse here. I was in the pandemic. Sorry, I was in Costa Rica just as the pandemic hit, and then I had to come back. And now, as we're kind of exiting, or hopefully, hopefully exiting the pandemic, I'm actually going back to Costa Rica. Um, it's it's truly such an amazing, incredible place. Uh, whereabouts are you? Tell us a little bit more about uh, the location and and what you've got going on in terms of you know, work, life balance. Paint a picture of exactly where I am. So <laughs> I, I'm on, uh, I'm on the Caribbean side called Puerto Viejo. Mm -hmm. And I, I landed on this side because of permaculture, because of a permaculture course. I explored the entire West coast, which is gorgeous um, and very de well developed in the best of ways. And then I started making my way across to Puerto Viejo because I wanted to learn more about not only permaculture, but I've heard so many good things uh, about the culture itself. It's a mishmash of the indigenous cultures, Kokoli tribe, Ruby tribe, um, and then Ticos, who are Costa Rican. And then the Caribbeans, um, those are the Afro-Caribbeans who have come um, from Jamaica and, and so on and so forth over here. And then, of course, the foreign expats who are Europeans, Canadians, and Americans. And so you have this really beautiful mix, this intercultural, uh, socioeconomic mishmash of a place that brings about an extreme level of diversity, which mimics Costa Rica to its finest, biodiversity. So when you have people that reflect the plants and nature in its diversity. Uh, you have a place like Puerto Viejo. Um, there's beaches. It's where the ocean meets the jungle. There's mountains right next to us. Um, the weather is hot, tropical. Um, the weather also fluctuates from, you know, rain every day, but sunny every day. You got a consistent level of inconsistency. Whereas mm -hmm. some places in Costa Rica, are very seasonal, you know, from this month to this month, it's rain season, you're going to be indoors in the rain, and you have those small windows of sunshine. And then other places, you've got sun all year, uh, and then some rain, so a lot of dry. But here, it's just consistently inconsistent, uh, which is beautiful, because you've got a mix of weather all the time. So right now, it's a beautiful, um, I guess you could say, Toronto summer and at night times it's 
really, really peaceful. It's not too hot. It's cool and refreshing, but not too cold where you have to wear a sweater or long sleeve. So yeah, it, it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's beautiful. What a place. I would live there. I remember the first time I flew into Costa Rica, I was like, oh my goodness, I would live here. Mm -hmm. And that's very rare for me to feel that way. Um, so maybe, I don't know, who knows, maybe I'll see you on the other side there. <laughs> yeah, you sh it would be amazing for people to explore this place again, not just because of the, um, the beauty of it, but I think the beauty is in a reflection of so many other parts. Um, when you look at the holistic of an environment, you right. see again, like the physical beauty, yeah. which is the nature, but the social beauty and the emotional slash energetic beauty that it offers. Um, there's so much that magnetizes you to places. Apparently, Puerto Viejo is a vortex, um, an energetic vortex where plate tectonics have something to do with it. So a lot of really interesting things happen here um, where uh, you can manifest things and they come right, right to your doorstep. Um, and things happen really fast because you're in the jungle. The jungle is wild. And what I love to say that it rewilds people. It really takes them out of their comfort zone and it tackles this, this inner wild human animal inside of you and it pulls it out. And um, because of how fast things change over here, um, you'll see that in people change. People don't, some people don't operate really well with change, especially rapid change. But those who can adapt and take maybe the first two weeks, three weeks to adapting and getting used to it and welcome everything, you'll really start to, to anchor in. And it, you won't even think about moving here. It's almost going to pull you in. It's not going to be a choice anymore. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, really, um, it's really something else. It's something that's hard to explain. I think I've done an okay job at it. But yeah. you have to come here to really experience that. I agree. And I, I, yeah, I completely agree to that. Um, so Julian, you know, you have, you have created a life where you're able to be there and also maintain the work that you've, you know, that you've created and that you're contributing to. You are the co-founder and director of Bevita. Did I say mm -hmm. that right? Yep. Bevita. Bevita. Talk to us about Bevita and the meaning behind Twin Genuity. So Bevita is a consulting company that was founded by my twin brother and I. Um, I think this was about <laughs> five years ago. Um, it started um, and it still continues as a joint venture with a Hong Kong capital investment firm called Bay Group, BEI Group. And BEI stands for, or it means North in Mandarin. And um, VITA is our subsidiary part, which is an acronym for Vitality, Integrity, um, Togetherness, and Advancement, which is a reflection of our core values and what we aim to share to our clients. Um, we help global companies transform their quality of work life through the analysis of their culture, their community, uh, their systems and processes, and, and their own core values. Um, Twingenuity is our twin power dynamic that combines my brother Nathan his business savvy with my education in health and wellness so we started um, consulting Bay and their properties which were hotels um, to just shift to becoming more wellness minded and ultimately 
have them bring about a wellness feel, a wellness brand, as if um, Equinox, for example, transformed the hotel industry into creating more fitness-based hotels that re- focused on recovery and sleep and stress management in the rooms. Um, so our idea was a quick way of saying this would be, what if Lululemon had a hotel? What would that look like? And so we went with that approach and um, we started consulting and then COVID hit. And unfortunately, the hotels we were working on had to shut down. But we pivoted really quickly into doing corporate wellness workshops uh, because at that time I was being asked to speak, um, be a speaker at uh, corporations, companies, to speak to them about work culture and wellness and how they can implement and strategically um, improve the culture of wellness for their employees. And so we just switched totally to that. And now, you know, it's taken some time, but we've stuck through it. And it's been a really great um, shift. We've learned a lot in a short period of time. We've had to pivot just like everyone else. Um, And I'm using this as one of the channels for my income stream while I'm sabbaticaling or, or living seasonally here in, in Costa Rica. It's, it's really cool to have a balance of being in the professional uh, modern world and having a, a, a footprint and my hands in developing sort of the, the, the corporate sphere, but also being in nature and the exact yin to the yang of that. Um, by being meditative in the in the beach and and using my hands and working with people, um, so yeah, it's been really really interesting and and um, very introspective for me at this stage of my life to have this almost digital nomad uh, opportunity mixed with local contribution. Yeah, that's really inspiring and you know, a really interesting journey, I would say, uh, you know, just the, the need to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a very important part of being an entrepreneur. Would you say so as well? Yeah, hundred um, percent. The adaptation requires a deeper purpose, something from the inside and a blend of what's on the outside, perhaps market, market trends and, and, how you stay quote unquote competitive or relevant. So for me, uh, I really decided to switch my, my activation of entrepreneurship. So how I apply myself as an entrepreneur, um, with the, the anchor of what's my overall utility as a human, what are the areas of growth that I can dive into that will help feed my significance and my contribution and my impact as an entrepreneur on a much broader level as opposed to one that's conformed and and um, bound by just work what does it mean to be a human entrepreneur what does it mean to be um, someone in your team an entrepreneur like within a company or maybe within your family how can you bring ingenuity to all facets of your life and how can you be, again, more useful in all facets? And so 
bringing in together um, a bigger picture of who I am and the roles I play in different facets of my life summates the adaptability and it feeds that adaptability skill set so that when I do venture into new things, I've then broadened my capacity. I've built up my resilience and tolerance to handle new things and to get through and work with uh, things like the COVID pandemic, which, um, which has been, you know, quite tumultuous for, for many people, but it's really taught us to grow that thicker skin, but also to be very in tune with the self and prompted us, many of us to rewild ourselves. Yeah. I love that. And I'm so glad you went here. This is actually, this ties into what I, I wanted to talk about next with you is, you know, I truly believe that our busy work isn't always our life work. You know, we can get a lot of stuff done all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're on a path that we feel most aligned on or that we feel most alive. And I think many people can relate to feeling like they are on a path that feels lifeless. What are your thoughts on this topic? Do you feel feel aligned and like you're doing the work that you're meant to do? And if so, what was that journey to getting there? That's a, this is such a beautiful question and it's so relevant to right now. Um, the way that I formulate it is the alignment of four P's of profession, hmm. the four P's, um, mm -hmm. profit and priority, which satisfies the mind proximity, which satisfies the body, the physical, mm -hmm. purpose satisfies the spirit, and passion satisfies the soul. Ooh, I like this. So if we can align our four Ps, the mind, body, spirit, soul, profit, pro priority, proximity, purpose, and passion, then we can start to really understand what the aliveness is when we're not feeling this, and how we can move closer to it if we are not feeling it fully, or at least can we notch it up? And I use the six human needs to help me manage my four Ps. And it really gives me a better understanding of, of really what I need to fuel and energize um, the lifelessness that sometimes occurs in my day-to-day, -day, in my week-to-week. -week. And so those six human needs are, one is certainty, which is the assurance that you can avoid pain and gain pleasure. Two is uncertainty or variety, the need for the unknown or change or new stimuli. Three is significance, so feeling unique, important, special, or needed. Four is connection and love, which is a strong feeling of closeness or union with someone or something. Five is growth, an expansion of capacity, capability, or understanding. And then finally, six is contribution, a sense of service and focus on helping, uh, giving to and supporting others. So I, I use these six human needs to again, spark my, my aliveness and remind me that if I'm not meeting my six human needs, there's a reason.
for why I may feel stuck, alone, um, anxious, overwhelmed, sometimes lifeless. So if we can tap into those six human needs and, and really work every day to satisfy them to our best of our abilities, then the answers will come. They will come. Yeah, I really like this. And it actually reminds me of a concept that I just learned about in a book called How to Find the Work That You're Meant to Do by Chris Gillibo. And the concept is called Joy, Money, and Flow. Uh, I love this and I feel it ties really nicely into what you're talking about because what can happen when we get really excited about maybe something that we love that we might start to over over invest in it but if we're not getting if we're not able to sustain ourselves financially then we're going to be burnt out right and it just mm -hmm. becomes more of a hobby so when it comes to a, a career mm -hmm. i think it's so important that we have this balance of joy money and flow joy meaning we love to do it uh, money means there's some kind of financial sustainability there and flow means that we're so immersed in it and hours can go by and it, we feel really aligned and, and on the right path. I'd love to know your your thoughts on this and, and maybe how this ties into some of the work that you're doing as a, a co-founder. Hmm. I love that joy, money, flow. I think it's... Um, I think it's relevant to so many, many people and... Um, yeah, the fulfillment is a key word in 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 my new formulation of of what my purpose is. It's not necessarily happiness, um, but fulfillment. And um, I think the one thing that uh, I use when I think about the concept um, of how to find the work we are meant to do. I think it's about really reflecting on partnership too and using our partnerships, our friendships, our relationships as a source. Um, just like it's a high demand to have everything we want and need in a partnership, it is also the same for our careers. So one thing to think about is um, it takes work. Yeah. Make your work align with your core values, priorities, desires, and dreams. It takes work. Right. And we have to start, we have to start somewhere or accept that, that somewhere place. And it doesn't just happen. You have to put in the work. Um, and that's doing the work. And so when I say partnership and relationship, that's what I'm going through right now. You don't just hope to meet someone that's going to fulfill all your needs and desires and dreams, just like you would hope a, a job would. You have to do the work to get yourself to the point where you match what your dream job is and what your dream partner is. So your current job may not have all the three, the joy, the money and flow at face value today, but with a perspective shift with an adjustment of your maybe personal standards and expectations and maybe a shift or a listening to of the time and, and timing of things, you could probably have joy, money, flow, and then some tomorrow. So again, it may not take 
all of the effort in the world. It may just take those three shifts. Um, again, perspective shift, a shift in your standards and expectation, and a shift in your time and timing to have it tomorrow. But it also requires the work to get it to that point where you can make it easier for you to achieve that joy money flow. Yeah. I love this. And, you know, I think you and I, we, we share some similar DNA in that we are both super multi-passionate and our paths have been everything but linear. Uh, and I think it's so important that we take the time to, I, you know, especially for myself, if I were to speak about my experience of this non-linear journey, uh, I took a lot of time to wander to explore options to look at different experiences. I had lots of experiences, lots of uh, projects, things that failed, things that went really well. Uh, and I kind of got to this place where I'm feeling like I'm more aligned and like I really know myself better. Um, and I think it's important that we do that, that we uh, we explore and then we start to limit the options and then we become more selective to get to a place where we feel more aligned. How do you think that we can decipher though when to persevere on a path and, and when it's time to give up. I think sometimes that can be really confusing. Has that been the case for you in, in your journey? Um, this reminds me of a book, one of my favorite books and something that I've been using over the last three years is a book called Range by David Epstein. And um, it speaks on learning how we learn and what comes from how we learn which is developing range which is developing the broadness the uh, ability to wander expand our options but also select what we want to do with those options and find alignment and so just to expand on range there are two types of environments one is a kind learning environment and one is a wicked learning environment. Mm. Um, and with these two environments, I usually use an example, two people as an example. Think of athletes, um, Tiger Woods and Roger Federer. So Tiger Woods is, of course, the greatest of all time in golf. And then there's Roger Federer, who is arguably the greatest of all time in tennis. Um, and they both have risen into their, the tops of their sports based on very different paths. Yep. Tiger had known that he was going to be a superstar pro golfer since he was a kid because his father and all the opportunities around him had decided that for him. He started... Um, with a lot of talent and gifts, but also with a great um, coaching environment and the conditions to make him that superstar. So he started really young. So that was a kind environment. It naturally led him to where he is or where he has been uh, all these years. Whereas Roger Federer, his history was known as a wicked learning environment where there was disruption all the time. He was playing all different sports. He wasn't and introduced to the sport of tennis in a formal way um, early on. He, he just explored his athleticism and he did what you did. He wandered, he expanded his options and played, you know, soccer and, and I'm sure, um, 
in other sports, basketball and so on and so forth, just to accumulate all of these different experiences to make them very adaptable and versatile. Then he started to narrow in. And now look at where he is. He, he is also at the top of his game, but he's come at it, the game with a, a breadth of knowledge, more range. And so they've, they've come to these places in different ways because of their learning environments. And so how do we decipher when to persevere on a path and when it's time to give up? I think big, quick question answer is, is knowing when, so when you say, when you say that, I think of the, the words, when to hold on versus let go. Mm-hmm. And I use number one, health and well-being. So is this path or are these uh, decisions and things that I'm going through right now affecting my health and well-being? Uh, number two, is it affecting the health and well-being of my circle, my inner circle? So if I have a really disruptive job and it's not, it's not healthy, it's healthy for me, I feel great, it's, it's fulfilling me, but as a result, it's taking time away from, let's say, my partner, my, my family. That's not healthy. Yeah. And then the third thing is ROI versus VOI. So return on investment and the value on investment. And that could be the quickest way to see whether the, the path is right for you or when you need to give up on it. And the return, uh, are we getting the benefit? Are we getting what we need from it? Um, like money-wise. Um, and then value, is it improving your, your in inner environment, your insides, who you are as a core person. Um, the differences between those two, uh, yes, usually depends. It, it can really be bound and specific, specified to financial return, mm-hmm. but, um, and, then, and then value creation. But how this brings about the full answer and where I introduce the book range is just keep going and improve your indicators, improve your your ability to see red flags. When you keep moving through and and start to persevere down a path, go down that path without hesitation. Try not to stop at the fork in the road and you'll know when it is time to give up. When you use these indicators, which is your health and well-being, the health and well-being of your your family or inner circle and you'll start to see whether it's a return on your investment or not or whether it's a, a, a value on investment whether it's improving who you are as a human being and so when you have these indicators these yellow lights that come up um, the more time you spend developing yourself so self-growth and development the faster you'll see these indicators light up and that's when you'll know when to persevere or or when to give up or when to shift. Yeah. And I feel that that ties really nicely into, you know, how we started this conversation where you were saying you needed to adapt, Mm -hmm. Uh, adapt, you know, the ability to adapt is so important. And I've certainly had to do that. Um, And I also want to bring up that I think resistance is not a bad thing. And, you know, because I think what can happen when people set out on a journey of, you know, working towards a particular type of goal or career, they might come up against resistance and feel like, oh, you know what, this is not uh, like, 
this is too hard. This is too difficult. Um, but the reality is that at least, you know, from what I've heard, you know, listening to some really successful people who have a lot of eyeballs on them and who have, uh, you know, who are in the spotlight and they have, they have achieved a level of success from what I understand, it was really their habits that got them there. And that actually reminds me of a, a quote that I love so much. It's motivation gets you into the game, but habits keep you there. And, that, and that's by Jim Rohn. Um, what are, what are some essential non-negotiable habits that you've adopted over the years to keep you in the game? Mm. So um, I'm going to start with broad uh, thinking and then, and then start with, and then finish off with some habits. So, yeah. uh, when I thought about this, I went to, um, Simon Sinek mm -hmm. and his start with why the golden circle. So why, why we do things is the center of the circle. That's your purpose and cause. And then the next circle that encircles the why is the how, which is your process to realize your purpose. And then the third bigger circle on the outside is the what, the proof of your process and purpose. So the habit for me over the years has been to constantly check in with my why, then my how, and then my what, and then I've added on the when and with whom. Mm -hmm. So just like the previous answer, I also check in with my health and well-being and my happiness and fulfillment level. And then finally, I use my lifestyle. So it starts with the bigger picture before it goes down into the more tangible day-to-day -day habits that I've really used to adapt because my habits on a day-to-day -day shift because I'm shifting. So, I mean, lately the habits that have kept me sane and flourishing and thriving in terms of lifestyle, um, I wake up early in the morning now before I used to be a night owl. So moving here, I've shifted to waking up at 5.30 a.m., and going to bed at 930. Mm -hmm. um, waking up, then having some nice cuddly time with my partner. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> physical intimacy is so important. It's just a check in. It's, it's a huge love language, not just of my own, but I think of everyone, every human being. Um, yeah. Then we go in. Yeah, then we go into uh, some stretching. Mm -hmm. So like I have a, a bed a bed stretch routine. So before I even get out, put my feet on the floor next to my bed, I do some stretches for my glutes and so on, my hip flexors, so on and so forth. I have a whole routine and it's about five to 10 minutes. Then get up and then do a little bit more standing stretches. Um, Danny, she joins me sometimes or she does her own flow. Um, she has her own routine as well. I respect, we give each other our space to do our own routine. Then we go for a walk and then, um, yeah, we, we walk can, can be in silence. We can talk about our dreams, which is usually what we do. It's like a debrief of our dreams. Mm -hmm. And then we come back and we do 
um, some more movement just to excite the body. And then we get in our hygiene and we start with um, some, um, I either do like a, a, a bulletproof coffee or uh, a blended mushroom drink. And then we get on with the rest of our day. We don't look at technology until we've finished all of these things. So probably from 5.30 a.m. till about 7.30 a.m., two hours of, of real introspective self-care time. Yeah. And that's been a great habit of mine. Um, I've also been able to batch and block off times in which I'm doing computer work and then times where I'm doing on-site construction slash building work um, at, uh, at, my, at my girlfriend's um, hostel. And that's been really great. So it's going from using my brain to using my hands. Mm -hmm. And then I have times to socialize. So yeah, these lifestyle habits uh, are very much movement-based, nutrition-based, and um, emotional, spiritual-based. And yeah, it's all about checking in with my why first, my how, and then the what. So yeah. These, uh, those habits, those morning habits have been like a game changer for me. Uh, it, to me, it's the difference between a good day and a day where I feel so scattered and so off track and misaligned. <laughs> I feel like those habits really keep me on my track and, and keep me going um, because without them, I'd, yeah, I'd be very, very all over the place. <laughs> Elaine, what are your top three? Oh, gosh. So I, I need to see the sunrise. I I just love it. I, my place, I I'm East facing and I see the sunrise and it's incredible. So I, I love to watch the sunrise. That's usually when I'm doing my own meditation. Um, you know, even if it's just 10 minutes or so, uh, that is super important to me. I need to get moving right after that. Um, that's really important to me. And I've actually recently sort of adopted this, uh, the morning pages where I just, I freestyle write mm. for for 10 minutes and I get all the anxiety, all the junk talk out of my head and onto the paper. And then it's it's literally like a release valve. I'm able to release all of that. And then it's like I'm fresh and I'm new and I can approach my projects or my work with a, a really um, new perspective. I, that, I find that those are my top three right now. Does it get you um, just a way to organize yourself? Is that what the meaning of it is? Um, so I find I'm a very, uh, I, I, I think I'm an overthinker. Mm, me too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I'm an overthinker. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so movement is one of the ways that I get into my body, but I need to also, I need a way to release some of the overthinking. Um, and that just, it's like, I'm able to just put all my thoughts into one place and then I'm able to focus on what I need to get done. And I find it helps me. It, I don't know. It's, it just works for me. Have you ever done that before? Well, journaling? Yes. Uh, I actually started doing that in the beginning. My, my habits change and adapt just like my, my environments change all the time. So yes, I did. I actually have these like um, from Muji, I have these little thinner um, blank pages and I don't know how many pages they are total, maybe like 50. And I filled one up already. So I have to move on to the next one. And I've just taken a pause from that. So I usually, I like to take on habits and routines, rituals for a certain amount of time. And it's not specific. I just feel it out. And then yeah. I move on to another. So I always have a rotation of, let's say, three consistent 
self-care, self-development, self-growth habits. And um, I really love what you said about being creative as well. Um, it is, to me, my release valve. Mm-hmm. because I am just like you, very heady, very, uh, I guess you could say, left brain focused and science-based, systematic. I like goals. I'm very ambitious. I need to be organized. And so I balance that out with the right brain, the more creative side, which is artistic, humanistic, um, creative. And my habits have been very much about being in the home and cooking. Um, I love creating music. My friend lent me a MIDI uh, audio keyboard so I can now connect um, some technology software to my, my, my piano skills. And I'm creating some really cool lo-fi beats, which Ooh, has been my dream. Cool. I've always wanted to play like jazz, but I've always said jazz and it's such a broad range. So what I'm really in tune with is how do I create the the music that I love to listen to um, when I'm just hanging out, hanging around, like trying to get some work done. And even during the nighttime, the ambient um, piano jazz, lo-fi beats, chill hop. And so that's been really, really beautiful. Yeah. And then also to do some arts and crafts with, uh, with Danny, we just do these fun little necklace and um, jewelry making and so on and so forth. So I'm really um, shifting how I I find this balance of my headiness with that opposite side, the other side of my brain. And um, I ensure that I do that every day. I have to have some sort of creative outlet, creative activity every day. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said too about recognizing our patterns, even if they're pattern, you know, especially actually patterns that we're not, we're not too maybe that we're blindsided to and that we're not too pleased about, like overthinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's so important that we recognize those patterns and find a way to shift our state. And so for me, the morning pages is a way that I can shift myself out of thinking and back into, okay, I'm present. I need to get this done. And you know, this creative work needs my attention right now. And it's not helpful for me to have all these extra thoughts ruminating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you, you hit on something really important is having a habit that um, governs the habit itself. Like what is the, what's the mental um, habit that happens, the mental default, the monkey mind, the voice that comes about when you actually do your daily routine uh, habit or, or ritual. But what are the voices saying? So for example, you know, if you miss a meditation or I miss my chance to cook a healthy meal or I miss an opportunity to play music that day, what is the habit of my mind? And what are the voices that judge? And how do I help manage that? That's been another part that, um, yeah, I think you've sparked something in me to to really focus in on is, um, yeah, those those voices. Because I think a lot of times when we have habits, they keep you in the game, but sometimes it's good to get out of the game. <laughs> it's sometimes yeah. good to not be controlled. And, and I think that's why I broke free from from my life in Toronto is because I had created an amazing habits oriented lifestyle. It was so routine. It was 
on, I was on autopilot. I was in flow all the time right. and I loved it. But at the same time, it yielded these specific results that I knew I wanted. So I had gamified my life so well. Right. But then I start to realize, wait a second, am I growing right now? Oh yeah, I'm growing in in finance. I'm I'm building my network and um my family is proud of me, so the the social value is increasing as well. But there was other metrics that came in that started to seed my thought of wait a second, is my life based on these three currencies? social capital, financial capital, and, and I guess like personal reward. I, I didn't really understand why it was just that. And I started becoming more curious, not judgmental, curious. And then I started to realize, well, maybe I need to shift a couple of habits. And so I just did a whole flip and I seized the opportunity to move to Costa Rica and try this life out. And the hardest part has been actually implementing those habits from Toronto right. to Costa Rica because I thought it would be an easy transition. I'm like, oh, I can adapt what I created, the machine, like well-oiled machine lifestyle that I had in Toronto and bring it to Costa Rica. Uh-uh, I was, I was very challenged almost slapped in the face by that uh, as if God was laughing, you know? Right. And, and, um, and I, I needed that wake up call and I learned really quickly because you're in the environment definitely curates and governs much of the habits that we, that we have today. And so to those that are listening, I mean, I would ask you, what are you doing on autopilot? And what is the environment currently governing in terms of your your day to day? Um, are there things that you can think of that you would do if you were to be out of your environment, off grid, um, away from this current lifestyle? And you know, it's, it comes down to readiness level, whether you're ready to think about this stuff beyond, or maybe you've gotten to a point where you're just just on the precipice of mastering and wanting to coast. And so for me. I, I came to this real, realization, this, this flip of the switch in my life because I was coasting and because I became conscious that I was coasting. And that, you know, got me to, to question. And again, out of curiosity, what would life be like somewhere else? And um, now I've developed similar but different habits that have helped me and is helping me adapt the game to the game here in Costa Rica. And that's what I'm doing right now is, is really creating this new chapter and listening to the environment um, as much as I can and using my left and right brain to adapt, not just my logical brain. And I want to win this game. I want to make sure that I can get here to Costa Rica and win it. And so that I can come back home and say that I, you know, have, have conquered Costa Rica and now I'm creating a bridge from Canada to Costa Rica. I want that, but mm -hmm. But what happens in between the the sort of the end point, whatever that is, to now is a whole different process. And um, I'm very open to how that sh shifts and changes. And, um, you know, to be honest, it's been challenging, very, very challenging. You know, you run up to a lot of things, um, for example, self-worth. I was also... I, I needed the time to confront myself to say, Julian, you're a workaholic. 
Mm. You love work. You are, you are obsessed with work. You don't think about any, every part of your life, every facet of your life is, is centered around work because that was my number one priority. But now my priority has shifted to my partner and building a life together here in Costa Rica. And so my back then and transitioning to Costa Rica, I was confronted with, is your self-worth equal, equal to your productivity? And last year when I came here, it was, and I didn't feel productive. I wasn't able to sit, to sit still. It was very challenging for me because, you know, we painted a picture of how beautiful this life here is, but there were a lot of things that you learn along the way that aren't told to you un unless you listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, that things aren't always greener on the other side. The greener pastures happen as a result of um, a, a timing um, of your own self-work, of your own ability to listen and your own perspective. So um, there were, we can do another part two of, of the yeah. learning lessons, the ups and downs, and a lot of the downs that have made the ups really beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot that I could share there, but. Um, yeah, that, that was so well said and super inspiring. And, you know, Julian, I, I can almost hear the listener thinking, you know, what if I can't find my why? What if I'm struggling to find my purpose mm. and therefore lacking in motivation? What would you say to them? Uh, I have three. Well, mo so first, uh, motivation. This is a, uh, from Jordan Peterson. He was recently interviewed by Joe Rogan. He just had a brief thing about motivation. He said, motivation is directly proportionate to the willingness to expend energy. Motivation is directly proportionate to the willingness to expend energy. So it's all about energy mm -hmm. and your willingness to expend it. And, and so three big questions that I would ask is who can you love becoming? So this is a huge question that came from my studies at the Czech Institute, um, which is uh, the, the leader's of, of holistic fitness. Um, yeah, who can you love becoming? Then number two is, what will you be remembered for? Three is, what do you love enough to change for? Mm -hmm. And so the, there's love in, in these questions. I have a transformational questionnaire, um, which actually I'd love to send to you to send to everyone and have it, sure. have it uh, just be available. I usually provide this to my clientele, my yeah. coaching clients. But um, the, the three questions of that transformational questionnaire is one, um, first starts with ethos. Mm -hmm. So ethos is a Greek word meaning character that's used to describe the characteristic spirit of a person as manifested in his or her or their beliefs and aspirations. So it's like your, your personal slogan. Mm -hmm. And I asked the question, how do you want to be perceived by others? And so a prompt could be, I appeal to others because I am, and then fill in the blank. Um, 
The second question is pathos. So pathos is a Greek word meaning suffering, experience, or emotion. So in regards to pathos, how do you want to make people feel? Uh, a prompt could be, I appeal to others because I help them feel blank, fill in. And then the third is logos, which is what we're talking about, the why. Um, logos is an adapted definition. Um, here is a, our primary motivational force for discovering our meaning in life. So how do you make people think? What is your purpose and what gives you meaning in life? So maybe prompt could be, I appeal to others because I help them think about. So in answering these deep, deep questions, of, we have to make time for it. So carve out a time either, either every day, uh, maybe two times a week or whatever you can afford. Just make it really easy to introspect to journal like you do. Um, create that time for self-growth and that space. There's a space within us. A lot of times we live in a vacuum ourselves and we are our own worst enemies because we don't give time and space to ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to see and be heard by ourselves. The ability to witness ourselves is so beautiful. And so, if we can logistically make it work and again, create time and space in our schedule, then can we start to ask these questions? Then can we start to really get into the, the work work, capital W work? And I don't have the answer for people in terms of you know what their purpose is, but logistics is one of the first ways you can do it is to create and carve that time. Um, content is, hear some of these questions for you to really sit with and give time. And then three is talk to people, talk to people, ask them their purpose. And then through asking, through connecting, through being vulnerable about you not having your own, you'll start to create this, this space to cultivate some semblance of it. You'll spark. Someone will say something to you one day and they may even, may even reflect back to you and say, what are you talking about? You have no purpose and drive. You're the most this person, this, this, and this, and you do this, this, and this. They'll answer those questions, the ones that I just gave out. They'll answer them for you. <laughs> so, so yeah, those are the, some of the tips that I would provide for people to really understand or at least get a sense of what their purpose is. Um, it's really doing that inner work. Yeah. Julian, you are awesome. Every time we have a conversation, I always leave super inspired. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us today on, on the episode. For anybody that wants to connect with, with you or you know stay in touch with you and, and the work that you're doing, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, I guess the, the first thing for sure would be I'd, ha I'd be happy to offer um, a pro, pro bono connection time um, after you've answered the transformational questionnaire, it, for sure, like I, I would love to just connect with people there, but on the quick way, it's just, uh, you can 
find me on my website, julianho.ca, and then message me there. Um, you can DM me on Instagram at julianho.ca. Um, or if you're in Costa Rica or Toronto, um, <laughs> we can meet up in person. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, before we wrap today, I want to wrap with three uh, rapid fire questions. And this is more uh, on a personal note. Uh, are you ready for that, Julian? Yes. All right. So I know that you're in Costa Rica right now. So I'm curious to know, what is the last show that you binged? Have you been watching any shows since you've been there? I have um, The Bad Batch, Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars guy. And uh, The Bad Batch, they have, um, there's a, the place that I'm staying right now has a smart TV, which is pretty cool. Um, it's definitely um used to be a big part of my routine but um yeah i've been watching the bad batch which is about these um, troopers five troopers that have become conscious and they realize that they were being mind controlled by the the emperor and the empire and now they've just switched gears and now are a force for good Amazing. I, I have not seen that, so I will have to watch it and then we can have a, a conversation about that. Um, what is the, uh, what is something that people get wrong about you? Hmm. Oh man. That I'm always so motivated, happy, go lucky. <laughs> I'm not, I can be, I can be everything that everyone else is. Uh, I can be moody, irritable, uh, impatient, um, someone who likes to drink and really indulge in my in, in my vices. I I really am not the the guru that people say that I am, or the the mini Yoda that I've been called. Uh, I'm a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that hundred um, percent. What is a creative project that you are working on right now? I mentioned the music playing. I'm hoping to, I am creating my own music right now and learning. So the creative project there would be to create, I'd say 10 songs that I would feel comfortable playing uh, live or at least put them out there in public and share them with people. So cool. I would love to hear those. I'm a big fan of lo-fi beats and you know I'd I'd love to hear that that's awesome well Julian I want to thank you so much for being here with us today I really appreciate it thank you for the work that you continue to to do and and to put out there Uh, it's been always so great chatting with you thank you Elaine appreciate you So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you'll join us next time. Mindful Matters is written, hosted, and recorded by me, Elaine Clark. Special thanks to Karen Zorzi, our editor, Tawny Stoiber for the artwork, and our theme music by Bellwoods. If you can, please leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and we really appreciate it. Let's keep these conversations going over at Blue Matter Project. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. I will stand here and shout it out.